The following podcast is part of the MindBodySpirit.fm podcast network. Meditation doesn't have to be a solo practice. Meditation is more fun with friends. Looking for a way to drop in and hang out at the same time? Join us online at Omega Institute for a meditation party with self-proclaimed meditation nerds Dan Harris, host of the 10% Happier podcast, Sabene Selassie and Jeff Warren. This three-day retreat will stream live from Omega's Hudson Valley Campus, May 17th to 19th. Don't miss the party. Reserve your spot at eomega.org slash party today. Serving spiritual seekers around the world. Unity Online Radio. Thank you for tuning in for this Unity Partner Program. Unity Online Radio partners with spiritual leaders from organizations whose mission and messages complement Unity's. We are pleased to bring you this program on Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. and help animals. Welcome to Main Street Vegan with your host, Victoria Moran. I believe that we learn by practice, whether it means to learn to dance by practicing dancing or to learn to live by practicing living. The principles are the same. One becomes, in some area, an athlete of God. Choreographer Martha Graham said that and We're going to be talking about that kind of thing today, about discipline and order and creating a life that's effective, beautiful, and kind. Hi, I'm Victoria Moran. I'm the author of Main Street Vegan, co-author of the Main Street Vegan Academy cookbook, and your host for this program. After the break, we'll hear from Adrienne Borgerson. She's the editor of La Fashionista Compassionista magazine, and also an image consultant and personal organizer. Then we'll have a special pop-in call from Parsons professor and fashion designer Joshua Catcher. But first, we're having on, for a second time, the editor-in-chief of probably the only publication that comes to my mailbox on a regular basis that I read cover to cover, every page, every article, every recipe, and that is Vegan Health and Fitness Magazine. My guest is Brenda Carey. She founded VHF in 2012 in an effort to bring information about vegan nutrition as well as top athletes to the mainstream public. Her vision, which she has seen come true, was to see images of fit and especially muscular people on the cover of a magazine with the word vegan in the title. And that would be on newsstands at major chain grocery stores and bookstores to educate even just from the cover how awesomely beautiful the vegan diet can truly be. Welcome, Brenda Carey. Thank you, Victoria. Nice to be here. Oh, it's wonderful, wonderful to have you. So for people who already read the magazine, they know you've made some changes. Those who don't read it yet, oh, start reading it now. It's fabulous and extremely motivational. You have made some changes. And one change in particular, I think, that is of interest of those of us who do identify as vegan. What's going on with the new cover? Well, we have the word health is emphasized much larger um, that's the thing that people are talking about the most. Um, the title is still Vegan Health and Fitness Magazine. Um, and that's, you know, been our title for the past six years that we've been in existence. And, and like I said, still is. Um, but we made this cover to especially emphasize the word health very large. And the words vegan and fitness are both smaller and written sideways. And not to diminish the importance of um the, the fact that the magazine is vegan, but um, 
to, you know, to try to reach mainstream people who might not pick it up and open it up if they see the word vegan. And um, we have the same um, content, the same information, promoting the plant-based diet and, um, of course, talking about the, the very um, deep spiritual reasons why so many of us choose to go vegan is love of our, you know, planet. Uh, it's, it's a, you know, a lifestyle of ahimsa. So, um, you know, that um, resonates very well with a certain population, but then there's another population um, that we wanted to try to reach also. So we're, you know, experimenting around with this to see how uh, it affects newsstand sales and if we are able to broaden our audience and um, get our message to more people. Because really the um, purpose of this magazine is bringing veganism into the mainstream. And I love, you know, your title, uh, Main Street Vegan. I think it's all about bringing veganism to Main Street where everybody lives and not making it seem like it's something that's off in you know, some far uh, region where only an exclusive few get to enjoy but it's something for everyone. So, um, of course, uh, we know that health, the idea of health appeals to everyone. And then also this uh, issue uh, very much emphasizes fun. So we're, this is our fun issue, actually. The whole theme of the issue is fun. And so we tried to uh, do everything we could to explain to, how, to explain to our readers how you can still uh, have all of the yummy flavors that you enjoy, whether it be creamy cheese sauces, white sauces, and, you know, uh, cheddar cheese sauces and things like that on your food. You can have your, your donuts, your your cookies, you know, all of the, the, the things that we consider to be fun foods, pizzas, you know, um, all sorts of, of things like that. Um, you can have those things. And also, you know, this is something that really appeals to children is that they want the fun foods. And so we're, we're talking about how to make the healthy foods fun. Whether it be doing something for your children, like arranging the fruit on their plate in the shape of a, a smiley face or a palm tree or something to make it more more fun, um, we're, we're talking about you know for for us adults, um, like I said, bringing in those uh, comfort foods that we enjoy eating so much. This is this is not a diet of deprivation. It just maybe takes a little bit more thought to create a Alfredo sauce that's made out of say old cauliflower. Instead of, you know, a bunch of cheese, which is just going to clog your arteries and hurt cows and damage the planet. So instead, we, we've come up with ways that you can, you know, puree it and add your nutritional yeast and your spices and potatoes and, and things like that in this creamy white sauce. And you're, you're still getting all of the flavor that you love, the fun that you love. And it's benefiting your body instead of hurting it. So that's what this issue is about. And that's the same sort of mindset that we're taking as we go forward is is bringing the concepts of the plant-based diet and uh, also the, the vegan philosophy um, of treating you know yourself with love, treating others with love, treating animals with love, the planet with love, bringing that to the mainstream. So we're, we're just furthering that uh, initiative. Well, you do a beautiful job. And I was kind of laughing to myself. You know, we all think of how things affect us. And you were talking about the magazine is out there to bring veganism mainstream, which of course it is. And that's what's really important. But I kind of chuckled. Well, at my house, it's to get me to the gym. <laughs> it, it works for that, too. So I know that you have, is it the next issue coming up or a special issue that's going to be fitness for people over 40? Tell us about that. Yes, this has been something that I've been wanting to do for a while. I'm 46 now, and I started the magazine about right after I turned 40 is when I started things in the works with this magazine. So, um, you know, I've been experiencing fitness over 40, and the, there's some added challenges. You know, it's just not a, all negative, but there, there are some things that you kind of need to know as you progress in age and you continue to be active and and exercise and maybe take on new challenges and something that i've been really inspired by is hearing the statistics of how many people in the masters categories of the marathons and triathlons and some of these really major 
sporting events are just, you know, flooded. They're having to create new age categories. They used to be able to take just about anybody who's over 40 and then anybody who's over 50 and shove them in one category called Masters because there's really not that many people competing. And now they're having to break them up just like with the younger competitors and have age groups of, you know, five or ten year increments. So um, there is something really happening where we're not taking age as such a limiting factor anymore. And I I really love that our generation is, uh, you know, continuing to to remain active or trying to. And, of course, it's going to be your nutrition uh, that largely decides whether you can remain active or not and on how high of a level you'll be able to go because your nutrition has so much to do with, inflammation and how your body heals and recovers and and that sort of thing so um this issue is about focusing on that and about some really inspirational people that are doing great things at all ages and um, originally i had wanted to do this as an actual other magazine and we were even advertising in vegan health and fitness subscribe to our new magazine fit over 40 and we have, you know, a website and a Facebook presence and everything. And so for the past year and a half almost now, um, I have been trying to get Fit Over 40 going as a separate publication. Unfortunately, I was not able to do that. There were just too many limitations with communicating with some of the older athletes, um, 80s and, and 90-year-olds. There are some amazing people out there. There are 90-year-olds who are, you know, competing in marathons and doing quite well. And, you know, this is... Amazing testament to the plant-based diet. Unfortunately, these people are not the best about responding to Facebook messages or emails. So getting together all of the photos and interviews and things um, has been a little bit of a challenge, and there have been a lot of setbacks. So what I finally decided to do, we we decided to make this huge change with uh, Vegan Health and Fitness Magazine for 2018 anyway, that instead of us being a a six-time-a-year magazine, we're going to be a quarterly magazine again, and each issue is going to have more content, less advertising, um, and each issue is going to have a strong theme. So this issue right now is our fun issue. The next issue is going to be the Fit Over 40 issue. So we went ahead and took all of the yummy, wonderful stuff that I've been gathering over the past year and a half, got the best of the best of it, and we're putting into one super awesome issue. And, um, you know, that we're going to continue to do that for the rest of the year. The issue after that is going to be um, a Vegans of Color, VOC um, issue. And then we'll go uh, have our holiday issue at the end of the year, as, as always. But um, what people need to know also is that the newsstand price for the magazine, it's a little bit thicker paper. And like I said, there's a lot more content in it. Um, the newsstand price has gone up, but the subscription price is the same. So we wanted to reward the people who've been with us, you know, all this time and who are love what we're doing and are you know, part of our community. And so we've been subscribing to Vegan Health and Fitness Magazine. We've always had this policy that whatever price you come in and subscribing at, you're able to, uh, if you set it up for auto renewal, keep that price. Um, and, you know, we wanted to do something extra special as we made this transition um, because What's going on at the newsstands right now is there's so many special issues on the newsstands that if you want your magazine to be on the checkout stand next to the cash register and have that impact that I was telling you of the cover with people seeing, you know, fit people next to uh, a, a, a vegan magazine, you, the, unfortunately, the price has to go up right now because we're competing against other magazines that are anywhere from 10 to $24 a piece. Because there's so many just being cranked out by these large uh, magazine corporations. Um, and they every single magazine they put out, they claim that it's a special issue. And then you pick up the, the magazine, you flip through it, and there's really not that informa- much information there. Um, and, but this is what they're doing for their marketing. So in order for us to remain competitive, we had to raise our price. So anyway, that's just for the newsstand. So if you go to our website... And you purchase the magazine, or you um, get a subscription to the magazine, you benefit from, you know, like I said, being a part of our community and you know supporting us on uh, a more intimate basis. So, um, just want to make sure everybody knows that. And then, yes, of course, uh, this this cover with the word um, "vegan" written small on this one, um, it's going to depend on the market research and what comes back. And 
how many new people we've been able to reach by doing this, whether we decide that it's worth it to keep the um, logo written this way or if we're going to go back to the uh, other logo. So, um, you know, if anybody wants to give us feedback on that, on how if they have strong feelings about it, um, I'm always welcome to uh, to receive feedback through our website. So, okay. oh, that's great. And I think that's part of why the magazine is so terrific because it has evolved along with you. And that website is VHF for Vegan Health Fitness Mag dot com VHF Mag dot com and as ever, um, all that information as well as uh, social media for vegan health and fitness will be on the show notes at MainStreetVegan.net. So I want to ask you a geographic question, Brenda, because I know you've been in several cities as you've run the magazine looking for the right place. You've always picked warm places. I noticed that about you. And and now you're in Phoenix, along with so many wonderful people who have been guests on the show, uh, Robert Cheek, the bodybuilder, Big Bald Mike, the arm wrestler, uh, some wonderful uh, Main Street Vegan Academy graduates we have out there. So what drew you to Phoenix and what makes a great veg city? Okay, those are great questions. Um, well, First of all, I'll, I'll answer them in reverse. What makes <laughs> a great veg city for me is uh, lots of veg people um, who are, you know, in this community, which my veg community is more the uh, active athletic community. So um, when we have sought places um, to, to headquarter the magazine, um, first of all, we wanted cities that were not too big. So that um, commuting across town wouldn't be a big deal for people who worked with us. Uh, we started out in Southern California, so uh, traffic was definitely an issue, and we wanted to avoid that. So we went to Austin, Texas, thinking it's a, more of a, a, a smaller type um, city. That the, the uh, highways are different, um, and we went to Miami briefly. We were all located in South Beach. Um, we we try to st- structure things where we're close to. Um, the people that we work with, and that's what ended up happening with Phoenix, is that um, Robert Cheek, uh, who you just mentioned, the vegan bodybuilder, he moved here and started doing amazing photography of wild horses and gorgeous rock formations and beautiful sunsets, and he's sitting by his pool in the middle of January, and just, just you know, like you said, like you said, I love warm weather, so. I was like, that looks pretty good. And he's, you know, telling me, oh, yeah, come out here. The real estate prices are great. The, you know, there's all these other athletes. So I started looking into it, and there were several other people. Vanessa Espinoza, who's also um, a vegan bodybuilder and powerlifter, um, who's a columnist for the magazine. Will Tucker is another bodybuilder who owns a plant-based gym here now. And he's um, another columnist. And, and so and his wife, Nadia, who she does these events um the last Friday of every month that are all vegan um, called Zen Nights. And uh, it's just been so, you know, fun being in the these environments. Um, you know, as we've moved place to place, there's always a group of vegan athletes in that town that are doing things. They're, they either have a training business or a gym or they're competing or, um, you know, writing books. There's so big creating documentary films. There's so many things going on um, that it's really given us a great, um, unique perspective to have bounced around quite a bit and not be just located in one city where we end up with a myopic view of what's going on in veganism. Instead, we see um, what's going on across the country um, on a different level. So, uh, yeah. I guess that that answer is why. I'm oh, here. it's a it's a wonderful answer because I think people. I don't know. I'm very interested in geography. I always want to know why people are where they are, especially when they love it, as, as I know uh, you love Phoenix and so many other people do. So that's cool to hear about. So you are in an industry that if you just walked into a business school today and asked a professor a list of maybe 10 industries to stay out of at this time in history. They'd probably say publishing a magazine was one, Mm -hmm. and yet you've succeeded. What's the challenge and what's the secret? Well, I would definitely say I agree with that, Professor. And (laughs) when I have spoken to other people who have said, oh, I see what you've done and I'd like to do that too, 
I have warned them um, away because it is extremely difficult, and um, especially in, in the vegan market. Um, unfortunately, we are still in the minority, and um, even amongst vegans, um, we certainly do not have every single vegan in America or you know, we're also in the UK and in Canada and the stores, and we have subscribers in all those countries, but we certainly do not have every single vegan in those places subscribing to our magazine. We have, um, it's a niche of a niche market. It's very small. And then, yes, on top of that, um, people just aren't reading magazines. I don't know if they're reading books. I don't think that they are um, as much as they used to. People are relying on um, visual uh, aids like youtube and um what they can find on the internet for their sources of information and entertainment and so yeah it, it's uh definitely challenging and so we're constantly looking for ways um that we can cut our costs for one thing and uh we operate on a shoestring budget and we have a very small group of people who work very long hours and do a lot it's definitely a labor of love definitely not something to get into if you're looking to get rich and um it's it really it's almost like a cause it's almost uh it's just a hair better than running a nonprofit, which i have done in the past <laughs> i ran a, a, a humane society uh which had to rely on donors um and that was very difficult this is um we, we are we are relying on those who support the vegan cause um, and who, of course, want to learn and benefit from the, the information that we have in the magazine as well, just like any other magazine. But there is, you know, a very strong cause element behind it. And we, we really, really value the people who get the what, what we're trying to do as far as the cause goes. Like I said, having that magazine out there where people can see it. And, you know, I encourage people when they get done with reading it to leave it at the hair salon, leave it at the doctor's office, you know, uh, spread it around. It's I, I think of them like big, thick, uh, why vegan pamphlets, you know, the, the, the pamphlets that are so popular to hand out to explain to people, you know, the benefits of the vegan diet. And, um, you know, that's the way I think of it. I think of it very much as a cause, um, more so than a, a business. And um, so, yeah, if you don't have that kind of mindset uh, going in, and then, of course, there's a, a crazy skill set that's involved. Um, that I guess I'm just lucky that I ended up, you know, I had a background in photography. I have a law degree. I, you know, had a few things going for me that uh, gave me uh, some of the tools that I needed to get things started. But I also had to learn a lot um, on the job as I was getting it started. I was, you know, looking at tutorial videos as I was creating the first few issues of the of the magazine, trying to figure out how to do things and. Um, my partner, Brian Akery, he just happens to be a computer whiz and was able to create a database for me and a website and that sort of thing and uh, at no cost. So um, it, it's just um, not something that I really feel like a lot of people could duplicate and be happy with. <laughs> so that's why I warn people away from it, although I think it's, you know, it's great to get the message out. Another, another thing is, is that the more vegan magazines are out there, um, we're kind of competing with each other for a very small market, and we could end up driving each other under. So that concerns me also. Um, well, so- it's it's good that you've specialized. You know, like yes. you've specialized in, in fitness, health and fitness, and, and our next guest, Adrian Borgerson, is in fashion. And so, you know, I just think we have to grow the vegans. So yeah. <laughs> there are going to be enough readers for all these wonderful publications. Brenda, I could talk to you all day. Unfortunately, we've gone over time. But everybody, uh, from the show notes, you can uh, find all the ways to reach uh, Brenda. And and by all means, subscribe, vhfmag.com. You'll love it. Your body will love it. Thank you, Brenda. Till next Thank you, time. Victoria. Thanks so much. Everybody else, stay with us. We're going to be talking about clothes and being organized. Amazing things. We'll be right back.
Wouldn't you like to share the programs that inspire you most with audiences around the world? That's easier than ever with mobile giving. Just text Unity Radio to 72727 and help us continue offering spiritual programs that change lives. Welcome back to Main Street Vegan with your host, Victoria Moran. Hey, everybody. You know, every week, just at the break now, I always like to let people know what's happening on the blog at MainStreetVegan.net. And this time, I really, really, really want to let you know what is happening on the blog at MainStreetVegan.net. I wrote it, and I actually think it's important. Now, you'll have to read it and see if you think it's important, too. It's called Crossing the Aisle, Can a Way of Eating bring us together. I believe at the bottom of my heart that both a concern for non-human beings, a concern for personal health, for health care that is affordable and that can help everybody, for starving people around the world for the sake of the planet, I really believe that one or two or three or more of those things is of interest to just about everybody in this country and on this earth. And maybe, 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 no matter how much we disagree with, moving in a vegan word or plant-based direction could solve a whole lot of the big problems. So I would appreciate it if you would go to MainStreetVegan.net slash blog and read Crossing the Aisle. If you like it, please share it. Maybe share it with your congressperson, your clergy person, who knows? It might just help. So thank you for that indulgence. I also want to announce something that is happening in Miami Beach, Florida. In fact, it has already happened. Oh, no, it's it's about to happen. February 11th, um, 2018. L-A-R-T-I-S-A-N-E. I don't know if that's L'Artisan or L'Artisan. Creative Bakery, 7423 Collins Avenue, opening in Miami Beach. Chef Carolina Molia, who is a graduate of Main Street Vegan Academy and a Cordon Bleu chef, is instrumental in uh, this wonderful bakery. Chef Fran Costigan says that this bakery will change the future of vegan pastries. The website is amazing. Even if you're nowhere near Miami Beach, do take a look and just read it and wish you were there. Having amazing French pastries. You know, the French pastry is something that rarely translates into vegan. And here it translates into vegan, totally cruelty-free, a lot gluten-free as well. So a great shout-out to uh, Carolina and everybody down there in Miami Beach. May you be a great success. And now I'm just tickled to get to introduce to you someone that I truly admire, You know, we meet people and we say, oh, yeah, that person's doing a great job. Nice person. But sometimes as you know people longer, you develop this very deep and abiding respect for them. And I have that kind of respect for our next guest. She is Adrienne Borgerson, a 25-year veteran of the music industry, a Fashion Institute of Technology certified image consultant, and a Main Street Vegan Academy certified vegan lifestyle coach and educator. She is editor-in-chief of La Fashionista Compassionista magazine, an online publication dedicated to cruelty-free fashion and beauty. She's also the founder and owner of It Factor Image Consultant, helping you find your personal style and be your best you. Her mission is to spread the word that we don't have to give up our personal style to align with a compassionate life because the future of fashion is cruelty-free. Welcome, Adrian Borgerson. Hi, Victoria. Oh, my God, you made me sound so important and fancy. 
Well, that's because you are. And, and the longer <laughs> I know you, the, the more I know that. So let's just start with fun. What is fashion looking like this spring? What, what should people who want to follow some of the trends be following? Uh, yeah, there are, there are some pretty interesting trends out there. Um, I'm seeing a huge resurgence of the 90s, 90s style, which was kind of an important bunch of formative years for me. So it's kind of making me chuckle and also is kind of cool. So, um, for example, we're seeing, you know, first of all, uh, denim is, is still pretty strong, but we're seeing dark denim, you know, which I always think looks, you know, much classier and more sophisticated. So I'm into that. Um, color wise, if you like color, you know, in New York, we don't always like color, but people like color. Uh, there seems to be something for everyone. Um, there are pastels and dusty tones that are coming in, you know, which is pretty predictable for spring, but we're also seeing very bright saturated hues and they're calling them like scarlet and tangerine and aubergine, which is a purple and marigold, which is a yellow. And of course the color of the year is ultraviolet. So you're going to see that throughout the year as well. And I'm also seeing lighter grays for the spring which is good uh, as a neutral to transition from winter to spring, you know, especially in New York because we're all bundled up in black all the time. So it's going to be a good color year, I think. Um, I need some of that because I looked at my, my newly organized closet. You, you know, I've just done this giant purge, and I love, I love having all this organization. But I opened my closet, and it's like, wow, there's a lot of black and gray. <laughs> I need some ultraviolet. Yes, you do. And that's a good color for you. So go get it. Uh, I, if I knew what, it, how does it differ from purple? <laughs> Ultraviolet is just a really deep uh, purple, but it's also very bright. Ah. Yeah. Nice. So I like that. It's a, really, it's a really fun color. Some uh-huh. people, it's, it's a very polarizing color though. Some people hate it, but I love it. So if you can pull it off, I say wear it and wear it proud. I wonder if vegans need to avoid polarizing colors because <laughs> people already <laughs> think we're out there. We're polarizing enough. <laughs> yeah, maybe. Yeah, no, so, I say crunch Doritos loudly and wear ultraviolet, especially if you're vegan. Okay, that's okay. perfect. <laughs> so, um, let's see, we're seeing anything else? No, go ahead. Yeah, I, I, we're seeing sheer fabrics. We're seeing mixed prints like polka dots with florals and argyles with stripes. So if you like to make a statement and you like to stand out in a crowd, you can, you will. Um, Punk is back. That's very 90s. That was a throwback from the 60s and 70s, of course. So you're going to see fishnets and black and red stripes and animal prints and patent leather, you know, faux leather, of course. So um, I'm looking to see what my favorite Vivian Westwood does because she does a lot of punk stuff and she's known for doing sustainable fashion. So I'm going to keep an eye on her. Ooh, and punk yeah. is vegan. Yeah, a lot of it is, yeah. Wow. Um, the attitude is, for sure. Exactly. Yeah. Um, do you remember slip dresses from the 90s? Yes. Yeah, those are back. And they're going to be in shiny fabrics, but they're not going to be like the subtle kind of looks like you're in your pajamas kind of dress. They're going to be more statement wear and they're going to be embellished. So we can change them up with different shoes or ankle boots and it's going to be a cool trend. And my favorite trend is ruching. Ruching is when there's gathered fabrics at strategically located points on a garment which makes it very forgiving and helps you to camouflage areas you might not be so comfortable with. So I'm a big fan of ruching. I like ruching. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, fringe seems to be back. Um, I don't think that's going to last much longer. And, you know, I think we'll see it for like the summer music festivals. The younger people will be wearing that, but I think it's going out. And one of my favorite trends is Japonica. Things that look Japanese, especially kimonos and mandarin collars. And I saw this gorgeous dress, this kimono dress on beadandreel.com. I love Bead and Real. You have to go out and get this dress. It's it's gorgeous. It's a kimono dress. It has this really beautiful print on it. It's good for year-round and definitely worth the investment. And the designer is completely, not only is it vegan, but it's all sustainable, eco-friendly fabric. It's fantastic. So um, let me- 
I, I want to ask you a question, Adrian, that might be a little bit deeper than you were expecting to hear, but it, it comes up for me, and so I think it comes up for other people. I love the idea of of bringing in designs and influences from around the world, but I have been criticized, and I know other people have been criticized for cultural appropriation. Mm-hmm. I mean, I was told that I have a book that has the word karma in the title. And that's wrong. You know, to me, it's not wrong. And I want to go check out that kimono dress. And I'm cool with that. What do you do with that? You're a little younger than me. You can kind of, you know, sense some of the ways of being that I didn't grow up with. So talk about cultural appropriation and fashion. Oh, gosh. Well, I think there are there are degrees of cultural appropriation. You know, I think using the word karma doesn't mean you're being disrespectful to Indian culture at all. It's a, it's a common word. I think that if you want to wear something that is inspired by a kimono, I think that is an, an homage to, to something beautiful in the culture. You know, on the other hand, you know, if you maybe are not African-American and you're kind of going around in an African queen outfit and you're trying to be something that you're not, that could be crossing the line. But that's a very extreme case, you know, and everybody's going to feel differently about this stuff. We live in a, in a very interesting time where we're trying to figure out and work out, you know, how to live together and, and coexist and appreciate each other. And there's so much awfulness going on being mixed in with it. You know, I'm not surprised that people are nitpicking on cultural appropriation, but I think in fashion, fashion is about expressing yourself. uh, However, makes you feel good and and makes you feel comfortable and if there's something that you can use that that helps you express yourself i don't think there's anything wrong with that at all that is the best explanation of that particular topic i have ever heard so thank you thank you very much sounds like an article for la fashionista (laughs) compassionista magazine so let's let's move on that down uh, to the magazine, uh, you know, we just talked with Brenda Carey about um, Vegan Health and Fitness magazine. And uh, La Fashionista Compassionista, guys, if you are not subscribing to this online publication, which is still for the next few minutes free, it's not going to be for long. So LAFCNYC.com. It is exquisite. The photography is exquisite. The styling is exquisite. I mean, it's really, in, in my mind, and, and I'm, I'm a, a person who, as a young girl, had my calendar marked for when the pub dates of British, French, Italian, and American Vogue were. I mean, that was an important part of my life and <laughs> formative years. And so for me to appreciate a fashion magazine, it takes some doing. And La Fashionista Compassionista is totally up there. So tell us what's going on with the magazine. Tell us about this gorgeous issue, what's coming next, and all that. Oh, gosh. Well, thank you for that introduction. Um, it just it tickles me that, that you love it so much because you are our inaugural cover girl. Uh-huh. <laughs> it's, it's still one of my favorite issues. I still go back and read it. Um, so yeah, we're gearing up for the next issue and I'm excited about all the different possibilities. I'm kind of still organizing it all in my head, you know, cause not only do I love showing people that you never have to compromise your personal style to make compassionate, cruelty-free choices. I'm really fortunate that I have such great writers that are willing to contribute to the magazine that gives so much interesting information, not just on fashion, but for example, April Lang is our resident psychologist who answers relationship questions. Sunny Gandhara talks about food as beauty from the inside out. And, of course, we have award-winning journalist Katrina Fox, our friend, who writes those great vegan articles for Forbes. And she does the interviews for Entrepreneur Spotlight, where we showcase vegan businesses. And, you know, I, I do all the cover stories because I can, because I'm the editor. And we have, um, we've had awesome subjects, you know, well, like you, of course, as I mentioned. And we've had Laura Theodore from the Jazzy Vegetarian, Latham Thomas from Mama Glow. And most recently, on the last issue, we had 
Chloe Jo Davis from Girly Girl Army. Now, how gorgeous was that cover? <laughs> gorgeous. Oh, my God. <laughs> and yeah. she's a gorgeous person. I yeah, mean, inside and out. <laughs> yeah, li- she's been on the show, listeners, if, if you want to scroll down, it was probably about two and a half years ago. Uh, Chloe Jo Davis, amazing. Okay, more. <laughs> I mean, they've, they've all had such important things to say. You know, not only do I go back and read the issue that, that, that you were in, but I read all of them. I just go back to them for inspiration. You know, I, I love it. So we'll have to see who shows up next. And I'm uh-huh. really excited for this year. It, it's very exciting. So in addition to uh, publishing this amazing magazine, you are a personal stylist. You're, you're an image consultant. Your company is It Factor Image. So right. I learned recently that you're expanding. You're not just making people dress beautifully, but you're making their whole environment orderly and beautiful and that that all comes together. Tell us about it. Yeah, um, I'm, I'm noticing, I was noticing with my clients that they're, they're very interested in not only revamping their look or finding their personal style, but they really want to get organized in general. So, you know, perhaps in the advent of Marie Kondo and only having what brings you joy and this whole organizing craze, you know, people are really embracing it. And I love it because it's all part of elevating your best life, you know, knowing yourself and being comfortable in your skin instead of with your stuff and how much you have and what you have. You know, we've been living in a society that's become so focused on possessions and over-consuming that I think the vegan lifestyle and becoming more aware of what we're using and how we're using it is really resonating with all kinds of people. So cleaning your space increases the energy around you to be able to think and see new opportunities and focus on what's really important. So I'm officially expanding my offerings to organize your closets, your home space, even your office. And I I really love it. I enjoy doing it. So if you don't like doing it, call me. I will do it for you. Um, And I'm excited to help people create that new, fresh, clean space for themselves. I think it'll be great. Oh, it's so exciting. And and your wonderful website, um, itfactorimage.nyc, is just so adorable. I see you have a model with an accordion. <laughs> or it's not an accordion. It's a piano. It kind of looks it's like a, an accordion. It's a keytar. A what? It's a keytar. It's a, it's a guitar with a keyboard instead of strings. It's very Wow. Cool. Maybe my husband can learn to play that since yeah, he already plays friend. the accordion. Yeah. <laughs> well, it, it's it's just it, it's enchanting. Just like with the magazine, everything that you do is just so well done. No, so what's your what's your tip, you know, for somebody who's like, oh, my gosh, I was organized once. And now I'm not. Wait a minute. I was organized 10 times and now I'm not. How does somebody really turn that around? Uh, well, everybody's different. But the, the common denominator that, I, that I've seen so far is that people get disorganized because they just have too many things in a space that isn't big enough for all those things. So you really want to just kind of take stock of, you know, what do you need all this stuff for? You know, it's a little bit of therapy. It's a little bit of chatting. You know, it's a little bit of, you know, considering here and there. But I think that if you just kind of get yourself in the mind space that, you know, things aren't important and I am and my world is, then you can just as easily just start to let things go. It's really not. It's, it's more mind over matter, you know, to be succinct about it, I guess. Mm, I love it. I love what it. Do you, what do you think as you had just done it? Well, I think I was one of those people who had been organized many times for two weeks. And what I see is that it only looked organized. It was surface. And I started because I went to a, a seminar with Barbara Bijou, author of The Joy of Ritual. And she said, you know, if you have an altar, if you have crystals or anything like that, just clean those up for the new year. And literally, Adrian, I started by cleaning a crystal. And then I found myself going through every room, every drawer, every shelf, every closet and cleaning, deep cleaning 
and organizing. And it was a heck of a lot of work. I mean, there were times I felt I need a stretcher. And it took um, over two weeks. It, it took a good two and a half weeks. Mm. But when it was done, I realized that I had done that Marie Kondo method. Although when I read her telling people to do that, I was like, I'll never do that. But just because I started and didn't stop till it was done, I really feel like I have a new lease on life. It's, it's magical. And that's an important point. I don't feel like you need to do it all in one day. Yes. Oh, you couldn't. It's impossible and you'll get overwhelmed and you'll never do it again. So you yeah. took, you know, one small area at a time. You made time for it and then you made space in your life for it and, and you got it done. And it was almost yeah. like a little addiction for you. Well, it was for a while. And I hope I stay sufficiently addicted to keep it up. I mean, I have all these cool little tools. Like I have a um, refrigerator coil cleaning brush. <laughs> If anybody's listening in New York City and you want to borrow that, uh, I have it. So so quickly, we're, we're getting short on time, but I know that you're doing a blog post for Chic Vegan about Andrea Young and her sweet vegan chocolates with a giveaway for Valentine's Day. When is that going to be something we can read and register to win chocolates? That came out today. It Ooh. is online right now. So you can go to at Chic underscore vegan on Instagram and check it out. And you can go to at Sweet Vegan NYC and um, enter the contest. And, and I've had the chocolates. They're unbelievably delicious. So oh, I have had the chocolates. They are. <laughs> Yay. And, and you've got more giveaways going on. You're having a very generous month. You're, you're giving away a copy of the Main Street Vegan Academy cookbook, to which you have contributed lovely recipes and tips, notably your mom's lasagna that has got to be a favorite. Uh, and also uh, the Vegan Mo's NYC Vegan. How do we get those? I am going to do another Instagram contest through the magazine. So that's at LAFCNYC. And that should be up in the next week or so. So watch out for it. Follow me on Instagram and watch for the contest and get two great cookbooks. Ooh, wonderful. That is one of the coolest things I've heard all day. I love things that are yummy and I love things that are free. So Adrian, you have got so much going on just here in our last minute. Give, give us a tip. Tell us what it means to be chic and vegan. What it means to be, I, I really think it's, it's just being comfortable with yourself. You know, I mean, surface wise, just make sure your clothes fit properly. It just makes all the difference in the world. And if there's something, there's a color you want to wear, if there's a style you want to wear, go do it. Just be yourself because uh, that's, that's what's going to resonate with everybody else. And that's how you're going to come across as authentic. So and that's, that's what you do. That's why I love you. I admire you. You're one of my gurus and I'm so happy. You're also one of my friends. Speaking Thanks. of friends, Thanks. Bless you, Adrian. Friends and gurus, I believe there is another one on the call. Jeff, do we have Joshua? Yeah, there he is. Joshua? Yes. Yay! Well, from fashion to fashion, from a fashion editor to a fashion designer and one that I absolutely adore, uh, Joshua Catcher has been a guest on the program before. He is the brave gentleman, founder and designer, wonderful upscale menswear line. He's also a professor at Parsons, and we're very lucky also to have him on the faculty at Main Street Vegan Academy. He spent five years writing a book about how and why animals are exploited by the fashion industry. No one has written a book ever, ever before dedicated to understanding animals in fashion. And Joshua is in the process of doing just that with fashion animals. Welcome, Joshua Catcher. Thank you so much for having me on. It's always a pleasure to talk to you, Victoria. Well, it's always a pleasure to, to listen to you. I mean, I, I remember one of our Main Street Vegan Academy graduates was a, a lovely guy. I hope you're listening, Lynn Price, down there in North Carolina, and and came to New York and and, and introduced himself. I said, I guess you could call me a redneck, but as long as uh, you don't hurt any animals, you're fine by me. Great guy. I love this guy. And at the end of the class, he said, I loved everything, but mostly I loved the class about fashion. That was not what I expected to hear. 
And yet, Joshua, the way you express what goes on in this industry, what animals endure, and what we can do to make it different is stunning. Your images are stunning. Your historical research is stunning. And now it's going to be a book. Tell us about that. Thank you so much. And, you know, it's funny when people um, like the student that you just referenced, when they are able to relate to fashion in a way that they haven't before. And you can set aside these preconceived notions and these stereotypes about what fashion is. Um, It really opens up a way of looking at the world. I think fashion, looking at fashion critically and looking and understanding fashion reveals systems and reveals ideology. And it, it, it doesn't mean it's about, you know, going shopping and finding a great deal. It means, uh, it means we're taking a look at one very global manifestation of much deeper seated, uh, problems and ideas. So, um, yeah, the book, uh, uh, you know, Main Street Vegan Academy has been uh, a testing ground for uh, for a lot of the content that came in the book. So thank you for uh, for allowing me to constantly be um, exposing new materials to your students. Um, but we are in the we're in the eleventh hour uh, with our with our campaign right now on Indiegogo to get this book printed and. Um, we are so excited about what the potential for this book is. Um, it's just, it, it's been a labor of love and it's so important and it uncovers things that have happened in, in history that are happening currently and that will happen in the future that impact billions of animals and the environment and people and identity. So it, it's a book that really is for everyone. It's not just for people who like quote unquote fashion. It's important and, and it's fascinating. The, the thing you've heard me say before is that the the meat industry is going to change. If people want non-meat products, that industry just wants to make money. They don't care what they make it from. The fashion industry has historically wanted to train us in what we like, which is, is just wrong and and you're making that change so you do have a publisher a wonderful publisher um vegan publishers we have had the uh publisher on he's a fabulous guy a writer in his own right and yet it's expensive because this book is going to be gorgeous and illustrated so where do we go what can we do how can we help well, yes, it's going to be a full-color, 300-page, big, beautiful coffee table-style book. And it was written and designed with the intention to be captivating and gorgeous and a, and a, an object of desire, very much like a fashion object. Uh, so the, way, the biggest way to help right now is to pre-order a copy. Um, and you can do that at the Indiegogo link, um, which is just igg.com slash me um, slash fashion animals fashion dash animals I may have said that wrong <laughs> yeah what I ha- let me read it and tell yeah. me if this is right igg.me slash at spelled out slash fashion hyphen animals yes that's, does that sound that's- right Yes, that sounds right. I hope everyone has a pen. (laughs) Well, it'll be on the show notes. So if you just go to MainStreetVegan.net, click on show notes, and and we'll also put it on um, everywhere that we talk about this show on um, Facebook and other places. I'll put it in the um, Main Street Vegan newsletter, the next one that goes out. So we'll do everything we can so that everybody knows uh, igg.me. Uh, slash at slash fashion hyphen animals and if not just just find joshua just just uh, people can find me on social media or even if you just google search fashion animals indiegogo it'll pop right up perfect perfect we'll do that okay joshua 30 seconds left i know this was really quick let let's just um recite this dedication i've got that in front of me so i'll read it if that's okay with you yes please do thank you 
The fashion mausoleum may be spectacular, still and full of soft and exquisite things, but we mustn't mistake the stillness for peace, nor the softness for goodness. Despite the decor, there is little sympathy for fashion's dead, nor mercy for its doomed. I dedicate this book to every animal whose body has vanished into a silent fashion object. You did not go quietly. You did not go prettily. You did not go willingly. God bless you, Joshua Catcher, and this book. May it change the fashion industry. May it save animals. May it change this world. Thanks to all of our guests. Thanks to Unity Online Radio. And to you, our listeners, God bless you, too, and eat those veggies. away in the Unity Library archives in Unity Village, Missouri, you can find a secret treasure. They are the scripts from Unity co-founder Charles Fillmore's early days on broadcast radio, the teachings of Unity's founders, almost a hundred years old. Now, for the first time in history, you can hear them through the power of the internet. Join Bob Brock every Tuesday at 10 a.m. Pacific, 1 p.m. Eastern, for Unity Classic Radio. Words from our past. Discover the wisdom of Charles Fillmore's talks and of other Unity Radio speakers read on the air again. Call in your comments and questions as Bob and his special guests revisit Unity Radio talks of the past, along with historical background from the early days of the Unity movement. That's Unity Classic Radio. Words from our past. Every Tuesday at 10 a.m. Pacific, 1 p.m. Eastern. Right here on Unity FM. The voice of an awakening world. Life is a balancing act with hectic schedules and ceaseless demands on our time and attention. We've learned to prioritize. So often, though, I neglect to make time for what is most important. In our drive to get things done, there is an underlying desire, a need we all share, the need for peace. It is a gift that waits within me, ready to be enjoyed if I will simply allow myself the opportunity to connect. Inner peace lessens the everyday stresses of life and reminds me that how I am, the mental and spiritual point from which I view myself, is as important as what I do. I can make peace a priority. Peace can begin with me. To find a Unity Church near you, please visit our website at www.unity.org. notice that there might be something not quite right, but you just can't put your finger on it? We may describe it as an inner stirring, a restlessness, a yearning to find our way home to our heart and higher purpose. Some of us may feel like we are living on borrowed time, that despite our accomplishments, what was once so important to us now just feels empty and meaningless. If you find your heart longing, wanting, looking for a path home to authenticity and purpose, join us for transformation, inspiration, hope, and possibility. Move toward your higher calling. Listen to The Call of Spirit with Evelyn Foreman and tune in to Possibility every Wednesday at 3 p.m. Central Time here on Unity Online Radio. Since 1977, Omega Institute in New York's beautiful Hudson Valley has hosted some of the best spiritual teachers and social visionaries sharing their messages of hope, healing, and transformation. 
On the Dropping In podcast, hosted by Emmy Award-winning producer Callie Alpert, you will enjoy in-depth interviews and conversations with people like Pema Chodron, Jack Kornfield, John Kabat-Zinn, and many others on the MindBodySpirit.fm podcast network. Also, check out the video series on Spotify. Spotify.